I am recording this intro at a men's retreat in Livingston, Texas. You are about to hear a very special interview with a friend and colleague, Dr. Stu Grant. He is a pastor. He is a professor of psychology at John Brown University. He has special insight. He is the calm to my hurricane. And we are going to discuss one of the biggest things that I've learned over the last two years of my miserable life. Differentiation, or as I like to describe it, how you can doctor strange your way out of difficult situations that you have no control over. Enjoy the interview. It starts off a little strange, but I'm sure, well, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you shouldn't be surprised. I've given up on trying to learn technology. Why? I'm going backwards. I'm actually, I have a Linux computer now. Yeah, I know. You told mm -hmm. me. It's Kadachi. Kadachi? It's, it's a Kadachi distribution of it. It's it's uh, it's for paranoid people. <laughs> you basically are hiding on the internet. I was like, you know, I bet you this probably looks really bad to the NSA. So yeah, because all I'm doing is looking at news sources and and posting anonymously anonymously on some of those that uh, yeah, I don't like what you're saying. researching bomb making. <laughs> no. Oh, good. No, no, no. That no. would be a problem. No, this is more political in nature. It's like, you, you know, you you have no basis in objective reality whatsoever. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm glad I started recording. Because you got me on recording. I have it. <laughs> yes, I do. That's awesome. And because, you know, I want to give people a look inside my personal relationships in the absolute <laughs> bizarre <laughs> topics of conversation. Sometimes we can talk about weird things. It can get real weird. But, right. hey... One, Stu, I have Stu Grant, Dr. Stu Grant. Thank you, Dr. Michael Smalley. The one and only. So Stu and I, we have known each other, well, even before 05. 2002. 2002, because mm -hmm. I think you are a part of getting my wife and I in mm -hmm. to the church you were working at mm -hmm. previously and now again. Mm -hmm. That's correct. There's probably an entire series that we could do on the psychosis you know what it was? involved. No, you know what it was. There's you had um, you 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 did the videos for AACC on marriage. Yep, and, I remember those. And when you did the video, you did it in one take. I did, and there was no breaks, and it was just pure <laughs> stream of thought. And I was like, okay, this guy has it together. <laughs> Little Which, did I know. Yeah, no. I was gonna say, should have been a red flag. <laughs> no, it, it was made like, a mistake. It was engaging. It was still one of the. It's still the best video from that program. Really? Yes, it is. I didn't know you ever liked anything I've done. Everything you've done. Of You're course. so hypercritical all the time. Uh, you. Are I'm so kidding. Wrong. I'm you are not a critical person. No. At least not towards me. I don't know how to be. I don't want to be. Yeah, you are soft spoken. I, I, I am critical towards ideas and behavior, which I think is wo what criticism was created for. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I am, wait, I am critical towards ideas and behavior. Yes. So everything. Yeah, just about. Okay. That, that pretty Which, much summarizes it. But I love people. Well, okay. So you and I were having a really nice lunch weeks ago where <clears throat> I started opening up a little about some of the things I've been learning in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of those things was the idea of um, differentiation. Mm-hmm. And you later on, I think that day it felt like, you sent me this huge collection of notes. Right. Where did you get those from? You don't remember the source. Well, I remember I teach graduate counseling. Right. And so I've, you know, I ag- aggregate notes over the years for a number of classes. And, of course, differentiation is systems theory. It's Bowen. And it's... Um, wait, wait. Of course. Like... Y- you do know this. I know you The know average this. person is supposed to know that? Well, okay. All right. So, wait. You know this. What's systems theory? Systems theory is um, an approach of counseling that that believes in people and understands people in the context of their lives, that they are not islands to themselves. They're interrelated, and there's positive and negative influences in and out, which is called cybernetics in the theory. And then there's also uh, an understanding of how relationships really are the primary meaning of, of life. So... Bowlby would have a lot to say. Yeah, so relationships are all about systems theory. Systems theory are all about relationships. Right. Our identity is rooted in relationships. Yeah. And so we, we understand systems theory as, as something that that um, helps our clients uh, really understand themselves and how much power they actually do have and get them closer to what everybody wants, and that's a little bit more normalcy. Yeah. And, and their their thinking, their emotions, and a number of things like that. So. Yeah. Well, okay, so when we were talking, mm-hmm. I've always talked about differentiation is just like that thing that uh, Dr. Strange does, right, where he accesses his astral body, mm-hmm. and he gets outside of himself, and he kind of, he, he can almost become, I mean, it's obviously different than, Mm-hmm. Entering an astral body, but my idea of differentiation is there are times, there are moments, there's situations, circumstances where it's stressful, it's not going right, you're feeling attacked, wounded, whatever. Um, well, actually, it was the counselor I had been seeing in Colorado Springs by the name of Stephen, and I was really stressed out about my son's wedding. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of felt like all my arch nemesis's, arch mm-hmm. nemeses mm-hmm. were all like all the people that I was most in conflict with were all gonna gather together in one place. And this was during a time you're well aware, and I've shared it openly on this podcast. When my wife and I are in the midst of our mm-hmm. worst Struggle. crisis ever, um, actually we were kind of coming out of it at that point a little bit, uh, and. It just was a lot of stress. And so I'm talking, processing with my counselor and was like, how am I going to survive this thing? Because if, because there was an, it felt like there was an infinite amount of things that could go wrong, mm-hmm. right? And trigger me. And I was easily triggered at that time. Um, and, and that's where he, he was like, look, you, you're going to have to be an observer, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that idea of it, this isn't a personal attack on you. 
you need to be able to step mm-hmm. out of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought of Doctor Strange because most everything in my life, I want it to come back ultimately to mm-hmm. relate to something in a Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? That is okay. All right. I also think about the Green Mile. Oh. And when that character is walking into the execution mm-hmm. chamber and he's thinking about all these people in there and there's, there are people in there that hate me and it feels like bees that are stinging me. Yeah. You know, that he was completely undifferentiated walking into that environment. He cared about yeah. how everybody thought. So there's some good things you can draw from this about yourself. Yeah. You care about what those people thought about you. Sure. But what they thought about you is still their just their opinion and you can take that as okay, that's interesting information. That yeah, that's almost an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, huh. That's kind of what observing meant right. to me was to be able to go, oh, I wonder why this person is saying or doing mm-hmm. what they're doing. That's that's interesting. And it's curious. And their emotional opinions of us, you know, anybody's emotional opinions of us is is not objective reality. Right. So w- what we're on in pursuit of is a objective reality in the context of our faith and the context of our lives and and that's differentiation for me. And 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 a person's opinion is going to be wrapped up in incomplete information and uh, emotional characterization, all those things that, that really aren't helpful to the soul. Some of it will be fair. Some of it Maybe, yeah. could be unfair. True. But at the end of the day, I think differentiation for me is um, I got to be able to drop it. Mm-hmm. I got to be able to let go. I don't have to allow this thing to annihilate me or destroy me. Right. I, I don't need it, really. Differentiation is their opinions don't define you. Yes. You're defined by the highest values you ascribe to. And values regulate our emotions, values regulate our thoughts, values regulate our actions and inactions. Our identity. Correct. Yeah. You know, it is it's so Am I worthy? Yeah. Right. So You're if, worth dying for, obviously. Yeah, I know. So you 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 know who values you. And well, that... Christ, uh, what you're suggesting, sure, which is true, is that Christ has defined us and given our mm-hmm. identity, which is in Him, mm-hmm. and it's infinitely valuable. Mm-hmm. We're, cre- I mean, just for God to go, you are created in our image. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that which means all of us are valuable. All of us deserve to be honored, and. And cared for. Absolutely. That's the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is is Christ telling us how to differentiate ourselves from the world. Mm -hmm. So what that you take care of those you love? The world does that. Now Mm -hmm. differentiate yourself from the world, and you will love better because you will love even your enemies. Yeah. So that whole transformation process, in fact, you know, you look at transformation processes and you think uh, uh, human development processes and you understand those, and and you, you realize what the precursor to all of them is sanctification. Yeah. The precursor to all of them is justification. So, you know, before any of these theories came out, any of these maturation kind of, uh, you know, recursive cycles that are there, before any of that, God was there. And in the Gospels, he's calling us into a relationship of the highest order that transforms us, which what Paul recognizes in Romans 12 be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's differentiation. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's how you know he 
grows us and continues to grow us. And it's just fascinating that we are created spiritual beings on this everlasting growth cycle. We're not supposed to stop growing. And I think even in heaven, we're going to grow from glory to glory to glory. We're going to just have this, you know, great revelations over time. And um, we can begin that here on earth, too. So a part of differentiation is growing. Absolutely. It's recognizing that there are things I can learn. There are Mm -hmm. things that I can improve. There's things that I can add. Um, What? Because this really is. This is one of the big, big, you know, and, and I have this VIP membership group, so... We meet every week, two, three times a week. Cool. And uh, I say it over and over again. You know, I have like my top three growth things or the top three things that have impacted me mm-hmm. positively over this last big crisis in my life. And differentiation is very much at the top. And the idea of, so Stu, it, sometimes it feels like people will look at me and because I'll, on one sense, I'll be like, look, um, ultimately, we we differentiate to be free from the dysfunctions and brokenness of our, let's just take it to the spousal relationship, okay. right? Um, your spouse is good and evil, right? We're good and sinful. We're good and broken. Yeah, we we do both things. Front row seat to their sin nature I know. as well as and it know, impacts everything us. we love. It. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, it's the most negative impact we're probably going to get will be from our spouse because we care the most about them. Uh, and so it feels like I get these really blank looks of you. So, oh, I had I had a word that was quite traumatizing to me. Um and it was emasculating. And my mom, when she lived with us, would just use this over and over and over again with me. Pretty. Oh, you look pretty. Mm. Oh, your hair's so pretty. Your shirt is pretty. Your shoes are pretty. And I'm like, Mom, I'm a you know, I'm a mm. grown butt man. I would I mm. I really don't want to be described as pretty. Yeah. That never yeah. went anywhere. And so at I had the confrontation, right? I was like, hey. Honestly, that's pretty emasculating. I don't need that right now. I'm kind of stressed out. I'm just going to ask, don't use the word pretty to describe me. And she couldn't stop. And differentiation, a part of that, is finally I had to recognize, okay, I got to get over this. Like, I've asked it to stop. I'm not going to keep coming after her and keep confronting her and keep going demanding and establishing the boundary and the da da da. Like there's no way for me to force her to stop saying the word pretty. Right. And so eventually I had to go, uh, I gotta I gotta get over it. And people just sometimes they look and they go, Well that's just not possible. Do you find that in clients you've worked with or that people genuinely believe if this other person doesn't get better and start doing it right and treating me better, I have to be miserable. Like I have no other option in life but to be miserable because they won't change. Well, there's a lot there, as you know. Yes. And so one one of the dynamics of just being human is we are more susceptible to negatives and positives. And so to hear pretty over and over again, it, it has this 
this compounding effect because one one negative wipes out 20 positives. Mm-hmm. And so we just will characterize the relationship then as negative, 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 mm-hmm. negative. And it, then over time, it becomes a deal breaker. Yeah. It becomes a relationship killer. It builds and, and builds. And builds and builds and builds. And it's like, uh, you know, and when you confront and you've said your piece and you, like, have stated these things and you realize, all right, it's their quirk, not mine. I might be able to ignore it. I might be able to deal with it for a short time. Um, uh, it really doesn't define me. You know, what it will eventually do is, of course, create space in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And their relationship needs won't be met as my relationship's needs won't be met if my wife is doing something irritating over time and I have confronted her over it and she I'm doing something over time that irritates her and she's confronted me over it. It will create space. I mean, we have, and it will slow down our momentum in the relationship as well. And uh, until we are ready to change and grow and really focus on ourselves, um, it, we're at an impasse. Does it, though, so, does it have to result in creating space? So, like, part no, of it can result in other ca- catastrophic things for sure. Well, it can, but what if someone, um, and I, I won't say details, but you and I just had breakfast. Sure. And I shared there was something with my wife that I had really released mm-hmm. and let go and been mm-hmm. like, hey, it, it's okay if this mm-hmm. never happens. If I don't mm-hmm. ever hear what I wish or want to hear, mm-hmm. that's okay. Like I gotta, I have to be okay with mm-hmm. that. And then you know, a year and a half later, we're having breakfast and I hear it, and it literally caught me off guard. Not in a bad way, but it mm-hmm. was like, wait, what's happening? Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's been like a year and a half mm-hmm. wish, but it wasn't something that I was still obsessing over. But right. it truly, I I feel like. I had let it go in a loving, genuine manner, not shutting down or cutting her off or, you know, it didn't impact negatively my affection towards her. Um, but it was like, it, I guess it, it feels like there are things with our spouse, if we really do want to be satisfied, that we genuinely, and it feels like Gottman talks about this a lot, where mm-hmm. it's a perpetual problem. Drop it. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Mm-hmm. move on and it just feels like people don't believe that can actually happen i agree but it can it can and it doesn't make you psychotic no and, <clears throat> and gottman was absolutely the master of differentiation and yeah. still is i mean he's in the modern day he's he owns the world word now more than bowen who originated it yeah. and so um yeah i would i would say yeah you you need to weigh and understand that your relational need, whatever it is at a deficit, you have so many other relational needs that are actually being fulfilled in other areas that it's not worth the death of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And the, when you let it go, it's amazing how our our demand for our expectations to be fulfilled can be taken on by our spouses as, as almost a threat to their identity. Mm-hmm. And because in, invariably with our sin nature, we, we want this, this fairness and equality and, and it has to be completely equal and, and, and um, understandably so in some ways. And uh, in other ways, it, it becomes uh, quid pro quo and push me, pull you and, you know, just endless cycles of negotiation, which it gets tiresome. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't we just be? 
I mean, we're yeah. human beings, not human doings, right? So right. why can't we just be? Differentiation is being. You know, yeah. it's, it's being yourself without apology, but with a desire not to be your sinful self. It almost feels like a desert father or monk. Oh, yeah, Kind it does. of tradition of, it is. <clears throat> I can be fully satisfied with nothing. Right. And we either need to believe that, yeah. in my opinion, to its core, or do we really believe? Yeah. Because it's like, if, you know, that's been one of the other things, is uh, <clears throat> if, you know, if if your wife or if your husband struggles validating you, Mm-hmm. And you really want to be validated, which right. we do. It's not yeah. a bad thing no, to want someone to validate language you. Language of words of affirmation, right? But if you married someone who's not good at that, uh-huh. do you have any other option? Can you get that need to be validated met? And I think what we're saying is, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can go to Christ. Mm-hmm. I can I can get my need to be validated uh, met, regardless of what my spouse does or doesn't do. Mm-hmm. That would so, kind of fall under differentiation. Yeah, it, it. I believe it does. And you know, the most. I mean, if God is fully differentiated from us, how did we characterize him? We call him holy. He is holy other. Uh, that's good. Right. So holiness is is a form is is really the highest order of different differentiation. And like, what do you mean by that? Meaning God loves us, but He doesn't need us. Oh. Yeah, you know, and um, but he certainly wants to share life with us. He certainly wants to share, you know, so much of himself with us. And isn't that the the basis of relationships? We want to share. We want to share love with one another. We want to share, you know, the the common values we have with one another. We want to fulfill each other's uh, relational needs. And the withholding is is a sign of the undifferentiated. It's yeah. it, we should be able to go to our spouse. And say, you know, I have these needs, and and um, a differentiated spouse would say, "Well, I'm going to work on that." Yeah, you know. But well, the undifferentiated spouse will say, "Well, you got to change this, 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 and this, and then we'll talk about that." Yeah. You have to do your thing, right? And, and that's what's you know that also flies in the face of Christ because what does He say over and over again? I don't really care what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I care about what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's differentiated. That is. And there is a level. It does require self-awareness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and so what, what mm-hmm. you know, it's I took the self-awareness assessment. Mm-hmm. And then our common mutual friend, Maggie mm-hmm. Russell, was mm-hmm. the person who got the link mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah. compare my answers. Yeah. Um, and I came out okay. I mean, not aware, but... Uh-huh. In the right direction, um, sure. I was a little disappointed, but um, well, you know that's okay because yeah. what we regress sometimes. Well, and then we also, hey, when we're intent on growing, we grow much faster. I can't have a body and face like this and also be fully <laughs> self-actualized and aware. Come yeah. on, it you, just you, wouldn't be fair. No, you'd be too much for everybody. It'd be way too much. <laughs> that would definitely feed my narcissism. But but one of the exercises that it suggested I do is take either the person, but I was out of town and happened to be with my brother. And, and, but it was a really scary exercise where it was like, take someone out to lunch or dinner who knows you well and ask them 
to be honest and tell them this will be free from consequence, but what's the most annoying thing about me? And then just journal it. Just write down, don't get defensive. You're just trying to understand. So self-awareness is scary. Yeah, it's it psychological surgery. Yeah, It is. But I'll tell you, I did it with my brother. Good for you. And um, it really went well. Mm-hmm. You know, and Greg and I have had a great relationship, and you sure. know my brother well. Oh, I do. Uh, the, the Pope of marriage and family for Focus. And I'm trying to remember. I journaled it. But, well, actually, I have my journal right here. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember the exact word that he used. But there it is. Um, uh-huh. You would think I should have, like, you know, got this up before. But I just had the thought. Um, yeah. His basic thing to me was, you know, there's times where he wants an opportunity to be able to share about his day or about what's going on in his life where I can tend to get a little on the self-absorbed side. Um, And as scary as an exercise that was to do, um, it is worth it. Self-awareness. It's worth it because, oh, I don't know. Do you need self-awareness? Well, yeah, you, you would need self-awareness before you could ever differentiate, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, you know, it's you're in, you're crossing in the realm of emotional intelligence, of course. Yes. And to have self-management, self-awareness, you, you will then be able to self-manage. And then with self-awareness, it's a precursor to relational awareness, you know, so as you will become more relationally aware and how you've impacted your relationship with your brother by, you know, just that, that, that small piece of criticism that he brought forward, your relationship will obviously improve as you be, you know, through this process because you're going to be, Oh yeah, I want to hear about what he's going through as well. He, I found it finally. Yeah. My journal entry. How old, how much older is he? Almost five years. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that, that that would be kind of in place because it does. he, you know, he helped parent you. He, he did. He was parentified and helped yeah. parent you during For that sure. time. Your, your parents were traveling so much yep. and such. So you've gone to him as not just older brother, but even, you know, at yeah, father figure, father figure sure. at time. For sure. So, you know, and so it, it, it really is natural for him to understand that, or you for you to understand that he has a need to relate to you, yeah. too. He sees, and what a compliment, because mm-hmm. he's seeing you as equal and as of great worth and right. wants to share what's going on with him. It is a compliment. He, the exact word were, I can be, and he was very loving in how he shared, shared it, but I can be self-focused, and and he would enjoy me asking how he's doing. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't evil. It w- didn't sting? No. It really, no. It no. actually, it really did not sting. Yeah. I think that's the, the way it was phrased is, is a hallmark of differentiation, too. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. I know. Um, what about, okay, so how, so we know if we're going to be able to differentiate, which, look, in layperson, it's, it's, 
differentiation has to do with letting go. It has to do with experiencing freedom from your pain and suffering, right? It's, it has to do with not being codependent and not letting other people's definitions of you define how you feel about yourself or how you're doing in general, right? Like, look, if Stu's being a jerk today, that doesn't have to ruin my day, right? Right. That's differentiation. Yes. Okay. We know that self-awareness is important with that. Yes. What would be one other big thing? How can someone, if maybe they're hearing this and maybe they've finally gotten to a place where they are desperate enough to mm -hmm. go, I need help. You know, how the hell do I get my life back on track? And, and for whatever we've said today, they're going, oh, my gosh, I have got to do this. What would be a big encouragement you would give someone who realizes I need to do a better job differentiating? We grow and heal in the context of relationships. You can't do it alone. You, That's you know, good. You have to be in the context of the relationship with your Lord and Savior, of course, and and uh, but also in a relationship with a brother or sister who will just will simply listen. And confession has that. I mean, one, it's prescriptive. It's biblical mandate that we confess to one another, confess our sins, our shortcomings would be healthy yeah. as well. So going and confessing those things is cathartic. It's like, you know, I came short on this and this and this, and, you know, I just I need to get that out. I need to get it out. And, yeah. it, you know, it's a process then of externalizing your behavior and then being able to go, where did that, where did that originate? Then you begin the reflective process. You know, the reflection is the power of therapy. So as you reflect back, you're thinking, all right, um, you know, what is my maybe false belief? You know, the, the my pathogenic belief in, in this Big word. In, yeah, in this age. Yes. Right? You know, that is has infected how I've been doing relationships. Because, again, having the highest values creates the best beliefs the most powerful beliefs are from the highest values that we can ascribe to okay so what okay that's yeah. a big that's, that's a big thing that's a whole other topic no that is so but, but what you're saying though is what you value mm -hmm. obviously is now in, it it's impacting you it's impacting mm -hmm. your thinking it's right. impacting your actions so if if I value self or if I value... And if you value yourself over all your relationships, uh -huh. it's going to show. Yeah, your brother at lunch is going to criticize you. <laughs> Tell you're self-absorbed. No, I'm that. kidding. It's, he didn't do that. It's, it's, uh, if, if you value yourself, you're not going to listen to any kind of cr criticism. You know, over, an overvaluation over, of yeah. self. You know, but it course, is, I mean, because we're not that's saying... that's narcissism. Yeah. That's our sin nature, though. Oh, it, it's self-care gone awry. I agree. Right? So yeah. we do need to value ourselves. Well, of course. Because I am worthy of being valued because I am told I'm valued by God. Of course. Um, I can't allow that, though, to degrade or explode into full-blown self-absorption, narcissism. Right. So, you know, we're talking about a spectrum that has delicate balances. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we want to be—we don't want to be so self-deprecating that we annoy the heck out of everybody because right. you know we're—you know—so self-deprecation, like is always making it about, and it's not us. a perfect spectrum. It's more spherical, and you it know, is. You, you're you're trying to what? Well, you know what? The best way to do this is just how can we emulate Christ? 
Mm-hmm. How can we reflect him, you know, yeah. in, in the context of this moment, you know, and I'll, I'll avoid all the cliches that I can, but that's that's really... Ride the, the cliche. <laughs> you can. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so you're trying to sound more intelligent? Is no, that what I hear? No, that's not the case. It's or just, you are? No, cliches turn people off, man. I know. So why? That's a good question. I... I I said why, because I was trying to give myself another moment Uh to pull up a really good cliche, and I got nothing. I hear you. (laughs) There's not a single cliche I can think of right now, and I'm riddled with cliches, and I can't think of anything. I'm under pressure. You're doing great. There's a good song there, though. Um, Okay, so we know we need self-awareness, but part of, I think, Stu, what I hear you encouraging people is, look, and I find this a lot, people, because we do, right? We want the step. Like, give me the three things I got to do mm. to become more differentiated. And where I struggle with that now is going, you know, because if, and I've had some of my VIPers or clients I've worked mm. with ask me about some of the things I was able to figure out in a healthy way during my own crisis. Mm. Uh, they're like, well, how did you get there? And I almost just go, well, somehow... God exposes me to something important that I need to hear that's going to help me. And it really almost just feels like it comes down to going, oh, well, I never realized. It was like the Gottman stuff yeah. going, drop it 70% of the time, drop it. But think about it. it there's no. But once we say that, we're kind of on the path. There's no real prescriptive process. Right. It's a life of devotion. Mm-hmm. We're only strong as our devotional life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only as strong as our as our as our discipline life, and you, you may you may you know kind of back off on that word, but you know I found you to be really disciplined, structured, and the fruit of it shows in your work. So, I mean, it's the more discipline and devotion, the more differentiated is what I would say. Yeah, I like that. And discipline. it's not prescriptive. And it's, I don't normally like the words discipline. No, I don't either. Devotion, no. okay, but discipline, but, yeah. I, I don't either, but you think about it, and, and I mean, the whole entire New Testament, what can we actually give God right. back except a disciplined life? Yeah. You know, of course we're going to love others. If, if yeah, that's We're going to love. We're going to love mm-hmm. even those who hate us. But our discipline in doing that is the evidence and the fruit yeah. of that. Yeah, and I would encourage people. I'm starting to have my VIPers do this of um, when when something strikes you, right? So it could be the Holy Spirit is like gone, yo, that is something I'm needing you to mm-hmm. figure out and work on. Or just, you know, through life, mm-hmm. right? You might be might be this podcast and differentiation hits you. Um, I I would encourage everybody take a deep dive on it. It's Get on good, Google good dive. or DuckDuckGo yeah. or some creepy Lenovo, whatever laptop running. Why am I blanking on the name of the operating Linux, system? Linux. Jeez, <laughs> blanking a lot lately, Stu. Um, but take a deep dive on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Get on PsychologyToday.com. It's yeah. actually a pretty, oh, it's, it's a very dang good, good website. Yeah, it like, really is. I, I, I don't, I can't think of a time that mm-hmm. I felt like I landed on really unreliable information. Agreed. There. Yeah. So 
go on psychologytoday.com, type in differentiation. Mm -hmm. I want to spell it, but I'm not going to do that. Because growth is a process. Yes, it is. It's a journey. No, but it There's is. There's cliches, man. I know. There, I finally did, you did it. You got them. Wow. It was more natural than yeah. what I realized. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tell you what, since we grow in relationships, you know, I would, I would also say, hey, where are you today? Where are you today in your faith? Where are you today in your emotions? Where are you today? Such a better question to ask than how are you? Mm -hmm. How are you is, is, is specifically, Fine. yeah. Yeah, freaked, cool. freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah. That's, yeah. But I, I get it. But, you know, where are you today is a deeper dive, and it's a more uh, relational question yeah. than how are you. Because we can deflect how are you. We can't deflect where are you. And, and, and they may stop and go, where am I? Yeah, where are you today? Spiritually, where are you emotionally? Where are you? And one, you're invoking the journey motif, of course. Such a better question to ask. It's so much, you know, it's reflective. It is. And it encourages thought. Yeah. So there's a thoughtful response. There's your one for sure. That was pretty impressive. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Dog on it. People like it. I was shaking from a storm in me. By the specters that we had to see Yeah, I wanted to be the melody Above the noise, above the hurt I was young